The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Not an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is uh, the founder of Providence Heights, I believe, and uh, author of a new book called Broken and Beautiful, and she joins me now by phone. Her name is Christine, and I meant to ask her um, if it's Sewell or Soul. But uh, she joins me by phone. Hi, Christine. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Is it soul or soul? It is like heart and soul. All right. So the E really is silent. It is. Um, Christine, let's um, talk about the the book, uh, Broken and Beautiful. Um, I I have a feeling we're going to end up talking uh, about Providence Heights. Did one lead into the other? Oh, it sure did. It's, the book is really written for Providence Heights. All profits go to Providence Heights. Um, the curriculum will be for Providence Heights, and that was really the original intention. But, you know, I'm, I'm so honored to know that, you know, not everybody's going to enter the program, but everybody can read this book. And the, the feedback is just astronomical, and I'm, I'm shocked and amazed and truly blessed. Uh, when was the book released? It was released, I believe, November of 2020. Okay. We we launched it, actually. We didn't even really launch it until January. We wanted it to release the same week as Providence Heights began. Oh, so Pri- Providence Heights is uh, newer than I thought it was. Well, yeah, it's, we... It was birthed three years ago, almost to the day. Um, we got the keys to a hotel 
January 4th, and we began to house our very first ladies March 1st. So we are, what, three weeks into this um, of actually housing women. Well, we better uh, back up and explain what <laughs> what Providence Heights actually is. Yeah, so we're a, a nonprofit organization that is a residential entrepreneurial training program. That's a mouthful, but it's it's truly what it is. We are bringing women in, and it's kind of like a college concept. The dorm is not why you go to college. Um, it's just a place you rest your head. You go to change the trajectory of your life. And so these women are going to be able to be housed, but really it's the entrepreneurial programs that we're doing. And so we are starting businesses. Our first one will be um, Coffee Cells. Um, then we're going to do a clothing line, a beauty line, a chocolate from Bean to Bar, we have a lot of different ideas, and these ladies are the ones that are creating it. So they are building the website, they're creating the logo, they're doing the, the marketing, and oh my gosh, we've had three weeks, and these women are amazing, what they've already accomplished. And, and really, as I share my story of Broken and Beautiful, you'll really see why I chose this special uh, demographic of people, because I, too, was, you know, just in a vulnerable place where I potentially could have become homeless, but because I had an opportunity, it changed the trajectory of my life forever. And so we bring in people who are in need, um, that just need an opportunity, those that are trying to keep their head above water, and, and they just need a, a break, a breather to regroup and discover who they were truly called to be. So how do women um, get enrolled in this? How do they qualify? Yeah, so we ha you can go to ProvidenceHeights.org, and there's an application button right there at the top. Fill that out, and then we would reach out to you. We have an administrative organizer, and so she would uh, connect. We would do an interview, and, yeah, the process is really like, we want to know who has a passion, who is ready and willing to make changes in their life, and, and they just need that open door so that they can walk in it. And are, are these, so this isn't a homeless shelter or a battered women's shelter. It's something different? Yeah, it's totally different. The way we like to describe it is, you know, at, some point in all of our lives, we've been at the edge of the cliff. And the next critical steps that we take will determine whether we start to fall off the cliff. And, and so, you know, we have a lot of amazing organizations, and we're partnered with many of them, and they are throwing ropes. They're throwing ropes, but the problem is there's too many ropes being thrown right now, and, and depending on how far the, the, the women have fallen will really determine whether we can pull them up or whether they just don't even have the strength to hold on anymore. And so what we are instead is we are a guardrail. And so we open opportunities and we just uh, offer different solutions so that they don't have to fall off that cliff. And um, so that's, that's one area. And then the other area, as I said, that we um, have partners. 
So like Union Gospel Mission is a partner of ours. And so they have identified women that they feel like, wow, they're getting ready to graduate. I think this would be a great next step. And then they would be um, welcomed into our organization. Biggest, biggest criteria, um, ready and determined to change your life. Um, we do not do mental health. We do not do rehab. Um, we're not set up for that kind of care. We, we want them to be in a place where they're really ready to make those changes. So but it could be, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say it could be someone at your church. It could be someone at your office that you think is totally normal, but inside they're like the duck, just, you know, paddling as fast as they can, trying to compose themselves on the outside. These are really great women. What I was going to say um, is that um, I, I was talking with someone uh, this week from IBM who had they they had just done a study that had to do with women in leadership roles and so on in in big companies, and in their research they discovered that a lot of the people that are that are falling off during the pandemic have been women yeah um uh, disproportionately so mm -hmm. um what what has the pandemic done or how has it influenced the the startup of this and the recruitment of women yeah great question you know the pandemic has as you said this is a staggering statistic and now think of those women who do not have a spouse. When you have to, you know, lose your job because you have to help kids with their schooling, now you have quite a situation. And, you know, hopefully they have a spouse or a partner that, they, that can help them in that situation, but a lot of women don't. And, you know, right now, at, at least in Washington State, we have a moratorium. Um, that has helped people, you know, to be able to stay in their apartments. But, you know, that's going to lift. And I think we're going to have an astronomical amount of women in need at that point. And, um, and then for us personally, you know, it's interesting because you're watching businesses shut down, shut down, shut down, and we launch. Um, and, you know, the, the beauty in that is we've been working for three years to try to purchase a hotel, and, you know, in Washington, there's no hotels to purchase <laughs> or apartment complexes. And because of the pandemic, we were able to enter into a lease of an entire hotel. Um, when on earth would you ever be able to do that prior to a pandemic? But because the hospitality industry has been hit so hard, it's opened a door for us to really be able to walk into and now even purchasing hotels potentially in the future as, you know, they're, they're struggling to stay open as well. So it's been a blessing um, in so many ways in the area of being able to truly reach out. And it's been hard because we're watching people, and in particularly women, um, struggling with this. And, you know, statistically, women have 72 hours on the street before pimps and drug dealers get to them. Really? And Yes. And so for me, that is, that is not enough. Why do they have to experience this form of trauma before they can get the help that they really need? What kind of capacity do you have at this hotel? And is there a, a turnaround time? Like, uh, do you anticipate that this is a 
two-year program, four-year program before women reach a certain point where it's time for them to then move on to something yeah. bigger? Great question, Tom. Um, so our capacity right now is 88 women plus their children. And next year we can go up to 138 women plus children, which I believe is one of the largest in the United States. Um, we want to have some slow growth so it's not too much for our women and our staff. Uh, so we are growing about six to eight women per month until we reach our capacity. Um, and so that's our, our focus there. And it's a one-year program, and we're looking at a one-year graduate program after that where they can start their own businesses and really um, be under that guidance. I'm sorry, Christine. How long did you say? Two years Two with years. the graduate program. Mm -hmm. Including? the graduate program or two years and then the graduate program? Well, no, one year for the program gotcha. and gotcha. then one year for the graduate okay. program for those that want to start their own business. And, you know, you mentioned um, staff and and I, I, I have all kinds of questions now about, you know, how uh, about how the money works, how do the how do the women live, how do they feed themselves? Uh, yeah. uh, you know, there's there's so much that that enters into this. Um, are, are do women? Um, are you feeding people too? Yeah, we figured food's good. <laughs> yeah. We yeah we do we have two meals a day that we provide. Uh, breakfast is on their own. Lunch is is there. We have refrigerators and everything set up for them to um, do their own lunches. And a lot of the time they're just working together. People are in charge of different things. They, they made those plans themselves. And then we have a culinary chef who actually trained at a Michelin star restaurant in New York who does their meals. So they're eating better than I am. <laughs> and probably <laughs> better than I am. And you know what? She wears a professional uniform. And if they're helping, they wear a professional uniform so that they understand the, the honor and the, the professionalism of everything that we do there. Well, the name of the uh, uh, facility is Providence Heights. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to ask you about the name of that, but I also want to get into talking about uh, the book, Broken and Beautiful. Is that is that a memoir or is that... Do you include stories uh, of women that are coming into this program? Yeah, that is my story. Only I, I didn't want it to be like all this crazy trauma and then, hey, I found Jesus. I wanted <laughs> it to be every chapter to be, you know, this is the trauma. This is the redemption. And then this is the challenge to you. And, you know, I've, I've had people just say, oh, my gosh, I... I just get lost for hours afterwards just evaluating my life and how do I work on this topic of forgiveness or this topic of fear. And, um, and so really, it's, it's a story about the reader. 
Christina, I've got to um, pause you there because um, I have to go to a break. But can you stick around yeah. for a few minutes? Because I want to talk about this some more. This is fascinating. Yeah, you uh, bet. My, uh, my guest is uh, Christine Soul, founder of Providence Heights and author of Broken and Beautiful. We're going to let our broadcast partners squeeze in a few words or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. We'll be right back. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling author photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. 
We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. The Tom Sumner Program.com. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue with my conversation with the uh, founder of Providence Heights and the author of Broken and Beautiful, Christine Soul. Christine, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Yeah, no problem. So just before the break, we were talking a little bit about capacity and and uh, and the Providence Heights program, and then I brought up your book, uh, Broken and Beautiful, and I want to talk about that some more. But I want to get a better handle on how this uh, Providence Heights works and how women get enrolled into the program. Are they? I I I just have this imagine this this thought that there are so many women that could benefit from a program like this that were you at capacity virtually the minute you opened the doors? No, not at all. Here's the thing. that We have so many people interviewing, and, and our, my, the statement to our staff that I have told them is it is never a no. It's either yes or not yet. And so we're finding a lot of not quite yet because the reality is there's nothing like us that exists out there. Even our attorney is like, uh, we're going to need to create legislation because, uh, I mean, of course we can do things because there's nothing like it that says we can't, but, but we have an opportunity to actually create something, you know, within legislation that is so unique and so different because we really are a training program. You're talking about women who, you know, like I said, could be, you know, your next door neighbor or a colleague or someone in church that you would think, um, you know, they're totally fine. They've got it put together. But in, inside, they're thinking, I don't know how I'm going to survive. And, and so what we're finding is that a lot of people think, oh, shelter, I don't need anything like that. I'm certainly not there yet those are the ones we want. And and so, or like I said, those that are coming out of shelters, but that are really in a strong place to make those changes in their life. And so it's, it's a little more difficult for people to really wrap their head around the fact uh, that uh, we are not the picture of what people envision. No, it, it's it's interesting because it's it's basically a live-in incubator. Oh my gosh, completely. And we already have people going, I want to start this business and I want to do this. <laughs> and, and I mean, watching them. We, we had our second week, we had one meeting and I told them, I, we're going to set you up nonstop. We had our very first meeting and I said, you better be ready in season and out of season for whatever may come your way. Our second meeting, we, we had assigned them that, that first week, we want you to do market research, we want you to look at logos, we want you to do design plans. 
And, and you know what? That second week, I said, okay, so you have three and a half minutes to pitch your ideas and tell us what you've accomplished for the week. And then, you, and then we're going to have a minute and a half of uh, critique. Those women were like, holy cow. <laughs> I can you, imagine. They pitched ideas that would make Shark Tank go, hmm. <laughs> 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 kind of impressive here. Um, they have all the potential in the world. They just need someone to believe in them, and they need an opportunity. Well, this is great, but it, I, I would have to think it's it's also a little terrifying because, in a way, you're saying, okay, you've got a year. Start a successful business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. And, Pretty much. But, but you provide the mentoring along the way, the, the structure yeah. and the outline and, and the tutoring, if you will, to... Right. Because a lot of people might come up with a good idea, mm-hmm. and then what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know okay, so what? What's so next? Let me share with you where part of this concept came from. Yeah, I have please. Five kids. Um, my five children. Um, so my husband uh, just sold his software business. I started this business. My uh, oldest, who's thirty now, she when she turned eighteen, she wanted a camera. Um, she started a photography business. Now she's in magazines and travels the world. She got married to a man who was a banker. He didn't like the fact that she's traveling the world while he's stuck at home. So we helped him start a cinematography business. He's highly successful. My son, who was 17, started flipping houses. At 18, he had his own business. Um, he owns his construction company. I have another son who does construction. Miraculously, we have our first who's going to college. And then I have a 12-year-old. My 12-year-old, about two years ago, was told by her sister, if you ever want to own a home, you better start saving now. And my daughter, of course, was kidding, but my 10-year-old took it very seriously. And she thought, oh, my gosh, I better better start earning some money. And so she thought, hmm, well, what do I love? I love animals, and I love baking with daddy. So I'm going to start a dog treat business. Well, she oh my gosh, probably within the first few months, raised $1,600 to give to an orphanage in Guatemala. And then she raised another $1,600 to put in toward her house. She hasn't touched a penny. Um, everything she does, she gives 50% to an organization, 50% she saves for a house. She does a mask business now. But she was shared at our church um, on, on camera. And I'm watching her being interviewed. And I I kind of stepped back from that, and I went, you know what? She's not aware of the fact that that's not how people earn money. All she knows in her little 10-year-old mind is that if I need money, I start a business. I'm going to go ahead and start a business with what I love. And, And where in society did we shift so much that that we don't realize that that can be normal. So we're shifting the mindset in these women of what is your passion? What, what gives you energy? What makes you excited in the morning to get up and get going at something? And how do we draw that out? There are so many opportunities. There, there really are. But it, during the incubation period, how are mm-hmm. the, the residents um, 
buying groceries how 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 does the money part where i started to ask that and get into that yeah. with you a little bit and we ran into a break but i'm yeah. really curious about that part of it because you know it's a great idea and i'm a big believer in when you have a great idea just do it um right. but but there is the reality of of the money part how, how do mm-hmm. these women manage to put food on their tables yeah right so uh, we have two different programs that they can join. It's a it's an $800 program fee. The program fee is, um, it covers their room, their two meals a day, the utilities, uh, internet, and counseling. It covers their life coach. It covers all their curriculum um, and their training. And so that's an $800 program fee. Now, we have some ladies who have jobs. So they go to work. They earn their money. They work on different product ideas. And then, you know, that's, that's kind of their path that they're taking. Um, then we have some that are saying, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, quite there. I have uh, this amount of money coming in from, you know, whatever, different resources, child support, things like that. Um, so I can do half. And then with half of that, I'm going to do um, the work program where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and I'm going to work and I'm going to put these hours in to developing work. We actually call the Businesses Providence Collective. Those are the, the uh, businesses that we're starting and the revenue sources that are gonna, going to help fund Providence Heights. And so they can do that work program where they're, doing, they're committing to um, 12 hours a week and then that will pay for their housing. And so um, that is how they're being provided for. And then we have others who, um, you know, just want to fully commit to the work program. You said that this is the only uh, program like this um, that you know of in the country. Is this something you see catching on in other cities and around the country, or do you see the the campus that you have maybe yeah. growing and expanding and and drawing people from around the country the way a lot of big universities do mm-hmm. so so right now i see people coming here but we have full intentions of being in every major city in america uh, the potential is astronomical the interest that people have is amazing to me and so, so yeah, we, we do see this going in all locations. It, it truly, I believe, is the way to care for those in need. Um, they shouldn't have to fall into desperate circumstances before we choose to help them. And with creating revenue sources, you know, our, our plan is that we're going to be self-sustaining. And even with that, one of the ways that we want to build resources is that, you know, we can build a Providence Heights and in that city, you know, connect with apartment owners and hotels. And could you imagine going into an apartment complex, you're trying to determine which apartment you want to live in. And one apartment building says, hey, you know what, just so you know, a percentage of your rent actually goes to caring for those in need in the community. I mean, who wouldn't want to live there? I would pay more <laughs> right. to know that, that they're actually making a difference in other people's lives. And so we want to partner with all kinds of business owners, work with different organizations, um, and even help organizations like Union Gospel Mission and other shelters 
um, trafficked um, uh, victims. We want to be able to help them. And so we are very much open-handed. It's not about us. It's about ending homelessness. And I believe that it starts by giving people opportunities. Now, I you can't possibly do all of that with eight hundred with an eight hundred dollar program fee. Well, uh, we right and now, what I'm getting yeah, at is, do you have some grant funding and other fundraising programs that help underwrite the work that uh, is being done at Providence Heights? Yes. So we have some. Um, amazing donors, and we need amazing donors. Um, so one thing that we're working on is, you know, for, for $20, you can provide meals, and, you know, for $1,200, you can provide um, their housing. And so there's different um, things that you can sign up for to really make an impact. So we are absolutely looking for donor assistance. And then uh, the, the revenue sources that are coming from Providence Collective, we fully believe will um, get the ball rolling, you know. And, and what we believe is, you know, capitalism works. It just doesn't always work for the little guy. And so instead of taking um, and just handing it to somebody, we believe that, that what we need to do is take a concept that works and is effective and place that concept in an area of need and allow those people to experience the same benefits of capitalism that the big guys do. And so we do fully intend to, to get to that point. Right now we're dependent on donors, but we expect to get to that point where we just have such a snowball effect that the resources are coming in from product sales. We've, uh, Christine, we've been talking a lot about... Um Providence Heights and, and the program, and there's a lot more we could uh, discuss, but I really want to make sure we talk about uh, the book uh, mm -hmm. that you authored, Broken and Beautiful, um, which is, in most respects, your story, and mm -hmm. I wondered if you might share your story briefly mm -hmm. and, and how you came about the title Broken and Beautiful. Yeah, okay. So it, it really is the why to everything taking place at Providence. So for me, I, I grew up with a father who was divorced from my mom when I was five years old. He had been married eight times. And uh, the way he did divorce is he kind of divorced the whole family. So I actually met 14 siblings at his funeral. Um, and then my mom, she was married four times, and so that was um, interesting, you know, lots of back and forth. My mom worked three jobs when she wasn't married, and I was, I was a latchkey kid. I got myself up in the morning. I, I did all, all three of my meals because my mom wasn't there, and I let myself into the house when I got home in kindergarten, and I took care of myself, and I adore my mom. She's the best. She did everything she could to survive and to provide a roof over our heads. And, uh, but, you know, when a child is left to themselves, you know, trouble happens. And so I started doing drugs at age 10. And at 17, um, I had gotten pregnant. At 19, I had identical twin boys. And I was a meth addict. I was abused. I was trafficked. 
I was uh, filled with. Christine, I, I have to back up. I just, I can't let a 10-year-old <laughs> doing drugs just sail by. How does a 10-year-old start doing drugs? Well, you know, I I had some friends that were, we, we were in some pretty rough circumstances. And honestly, I, I remember there was a, a house that was vacant. And me and my friends had occupied that house. We were squatters. And we were 10 years old. And we, I mean, we'd get uh, mattresses. We'd get lamps. And we lived in this house. And, and that's where the drugs began. That's where, you know, the kids would steal alcohol from their parents and we would steal uh, cigarettes and um, huffing uh, gas. So, and you actually hallucinate. Um, things like that. It was, it was pretty, pretty uh, big stuff that we were doing as 10-year-olds. That's growing up pretty fast, Christine. It really is. Yeah. Okay, so now you're 19 with twins. <laughs> twins and a, and a daughter. I have three kids by 19. Uh-huh. And um, so it was hard. You know, I, I was yeah. a very angry woman. <laughs> I was very angry. I was... Um, Why angry? Angry at who and for what? Um, I think... Angry at my circumstance, angry at men. Um, I, I really, really struggled with men. I was forced, at this point, I was doing, I was a stripper. And my income was required. And I hated men passionately. I, I literally wanted to claw their eyes out. Um, I started living a gay lifestyle uh, because I just, I wanted to be loved, but I, I despised men. So it really, my hate was right there. I, being raped, being abused, I just didn't like men. And so how, how does that story change? So as a 21-year-old meth addict with three kids, uh, life, like I said, was very difficult and I, one day I fell to my knees and I cried out to God and I said, if you are real, take my life. It's yours. I kind of suck at this. <laughs> and, and I so tangibly felt the presence of God. I went and I threw the drugs and alcohol away where I should have had a heart attack from, from stopping mess the way that I did. Instead, I never had a temptation, desire or withdrawal from that moment on. And that's what started me on a journey of, one, trying to figure out who this Jesus guy is and, and how do I do this Christian thing, which led me to a church in a mini skirt and a low-cut top with my three kids. <laughs> Needless to say, I didn't fit in. But you know what? I was determined to discover Jesus, and, um, and that's, that's what I walked out. And... You know, it also sent me on a journey um, for bouncing couch to couch, house to house, not knowing how I was going to survive. And that's really that sweet place that I feel like God brought me to in wanting to help women because I was ready and willing to do whatever it took to help my kids. Um, I just needed a chance. 
And, and so that's really why I am so motivated to help these women in that place of need. And what, now did, did you get some kind of a chance, some, some kind of an opportunity to get control over yeah. your circumstances? So for me, the, the greatest thing that ever happened to me is I sat down one day and I found out all my bills and I thought, man, I can't even put a dent in any of this. I have $40 to my name and I just thought, you know what? God really helped me before. I wonder if he can help me out with this situation. And so I knew one Christian guy who went to a church. And so I, I wrote a check for $40. I gave it to him and said, hey, can you give this to your church? Well, he thought nothing of it. He had no idea it was the last penny I had to provide for my children. Well, after that, you know, every single thing was provided for. And I, I wish I would have written things down, but everything was taken care of. And, you know, for me, my opportunity was actually that the man that I gave that check to is the man that I've been married to for almost 24 years. But here's the thing. He believed in me. He brought out um, hope and he brought out character and he taught me um, so much of, of what generosity and compassion is. I, I got to live a life of extreme poverty and then extreme generosity. And it, it was my great opportunity to make an impact on other people's lives. So we became philanthropists. And we've done that uh, with total, total passion for 21 years until I feel like God told me that, that we need to do something ourselves. Well, this is an amazing story, and, and good for you, Christine. Um, my guest is Christine Soule, the founder of Providence Heights and author of Broken and Beautiful. And, Christine, we're... we're getting close to the end of our time i feel like we could there's lots more to talk about but mm -hmm. i always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've mm -hmm. been talking about uh, about the book about providence heights about you and your work past present and future um do you have a website me too it's providenceheights.org that's easy and Yep, you can learn so much about what we do there. And you can follow us on social media, just Providence Heights, as well as the book can be purchased at on Amazon, and it's just broken and beautiful. Well, Christine, thanks so much for spending this, uh, this time with me this morning. I appreciate it, and keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate you having me on. All right, take care. All right, you too. That was Christine Soule. She is the founder of Providence Heights and author of a book called Broken and Beautiful. If you're listening to us on WFOV 92.1 FM, our voices radio in Flint, they are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise or do whatever they do when we go to break. Uh, if you are 
streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com. We have some messages as well. And then we're going to come back with the final segment of today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And uh, don't forget, we've got a great show coming up uh, tomorrow. Uh, let's see, who's on tomorrow? Um, I know the one I'm looking forward to is uh, at 11 o'clock, Eve Golden, the author of... Uh, Jane Mansfield, The Girl Couldn't Help It. Uh, but we're also going to talk to uh, Miriam Udell, who's um, written a bunch of uh, stories hey. for kids. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we'll be back. The Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now, and now too, and even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. 
where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. The uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. All the Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. She wheels her wheelbarrow through streets that are narrow. Her barrow is narrow, her hips are too wide. So wherever she wheels it, the neighborhood feels it. Her girdle keeps scraping the homes on each side. In Dublin's fair city, where girls are so pretty, my Molly stands out cause she weighs 18 stone. That's 256 pounds. I don't mind her fat, but it's not only that, but she's cockeyed and muscle-bound, Molly Marlowe. I know a man, his name is Lang, and he has a neon sign. And Mr. Lang is very old, so they call it Old Lang Sign. <laughs> oh, what have you done, Billy Sal, Billy Sal? Oh, what have you done, charming Billy? You took almost every cent from the U.S. government, which you spent on fertilizer, which is silly. All day, all night, Cary Grant. That's all I hear from my wife is Cary Grant. What can he do that I can't? Big deal, big star, Cary Grant. Oh, the moon is bright tonight upon the car wash. So I'm having my Volkswagen washed again 
But the way things go with me, the way my luck runs, just as soon as they're finished, it will rain. <laughs> On top of old Smokey, all covered with hair. Of course, I'm referring to Smokey the Bear. Here's a famous old folk song that you all know entitled Aura Lee. Every time you take vaccine, take it orally. As you know, the other way is more painfully. My grandfather's clock was the best ever made by the Timex Company. Just like the clock John Cameron Swayze displayed last night on the old TV. Oh, it works underwater so perfectly, and it still makes a ticking sound, which my grandfather tried only this afternoon, and that's how the old man drowned. Do not make a stingy sandwich pile the cold cuts high. Customers should see salami coming through the rice. Oh, I diet all day and I diet all night. It's enough to drive me bats. Got no gravy or potatoes, cause the whole refrigerator's full of polyunsaturated fats. Fairly well, Metrical, and the others of that ilk. Let the diet start tomorrow, cause today I'll drown my sorrow in a double malted milk. When you go to the delicatessen store, don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. I repeat what I just said before. Don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. Oh, buy the corned beef if you must. The pickled herring you can trust. And the locks puts you in orbit. A-OK. -okay. But that big hunk of liverwurst has been there since October 1st. And today is the 23rd of May. So when you go to the delicatessen store, don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst, it'll make your insides awful sore. Don't buy the liverwurst, don't buy the liverwurst! This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. spreading like a plague and POTUS and his lackeys have been nothing if not vague well then you've got to trust the CDC and listen well unless you want to bid our free society farewell there is a super bad transmittable contagious awful virus and if we don't act quick and social distance it will mire us in a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July a super bad transmittable contagious awful virus
And if you got a better cough in your arm, and if you got a better... <coughs> now, back in 1918, influenza had its run. But half the docks were busy overseas with World War One. Today we have mass media and scientists to say, if you don't want this virus, well then stay six feet away. Super damn important that we practice isolation, because we're asymptomatic while it's an incubation. We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation. It's super damn important that we practice isolation. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart. Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start. If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised. Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized. Oh, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us. In a stretch of quarantine, the lesson to rely on super bad, transmittable. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. The Tom Summer Program.com. that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program coming up tomorrow on the show uh, as I mentioned earlier Eve Golden the author of Jane Mansfield the girl couldn't help it and uh, also we're going to talk with uh, Miriam Udell about her book Honey on the Page some uh, Yiddish uh, fairy tales for kids and uh, with Passover coming up and uh, Judith Halbreich who is the uh, um She's going to talk about Home of Champions and what that's all about. I want to say thanks to the guests that were on today, starting with um, just this past hour with the uh, founder of Providence Heights and author of Broken and Beautiful, Christine Soul. And uh, before that, we talked with um, a really fun guy, uh, Brian Nelson, uh, author of Five Tribes. And uh, we started out today with Chef Adam Moore from Chicago talking about lamb and uh, the benefits uh, for Easter, perhaps. Anyway, uh, that wraps it up. See you tomorrow. Good night, everybody.
program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.